to The Global Campus, a podcast by the Center for Humanitarian Engagement at Walla Walla University. My name is Chad Nelson, and I'll be hosting the discussion we have here with the goal of engaging and inspiring our campus family while we're apart from each other during this COVID-19 pandemic. If you have suggestions for people or material you would like to hear in this space, please email che at wallawalla.edu. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the Global Campus. This is Chad Nelson, and I'm glad to be here again. I actually had a very scary experience recently, which I'm not going to say what that is because I want you to come back and listen to me talk about that in another episode. But I am uh, very blessed to be alive here today. It happened a couple days ago. So uh, anyway, I am very glad to be here, and we have a special speaker. I'm really excited to speak with Cassandra Bakai today. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Chad. It's a pleasure. You're actually, you were an inspiration when I was thinking how to start the podcast a couple weeks ago, and I really liked some of the things you had to say. And so I wanted to bring you on and have you share that with our Walla Walla family. That's like amazing to hear. And I really hope that um, what we share today makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Me too. So uh, where are you right now? Um, I'm home. We actually moved to a brand new house as brand new homeowners of, about a month ago in the midst of COVID. Um, so I'm home here in College Place. Wonderful. Well, um, tell us about your, what is your title here at Walla Walla and how long have you been here? So I've been here for a little longer than a year now, and I'm currently in human resources as the equity, diversity, and inclusion specialist. Um, I'm also the Title IX coordinator, so I deal with sexual harassment, sexual misconduct cases here on campus. All right. Well, thank you for your work. Um, many, a lot of people know your husband as Andreas Bakai, and I saw that you also have an MDiv as well. So uh, you were telling me you guys, you two met when you were studying for your MDiv. So tell us yeah. about that. Where was that? Oh, yeah. So um, we met at Andrews University. And believe it or not, Chad, I was there in the seminary first. And when uh, we had when we met, um, which we just had such amazing memories from the beginning. And um, he was super like, um, thoughtful and really calculated as to how he pursued me. Um, but I remember distinctly, and he could tell you as well that in the relationship, um, I was the speaker and I was the pastor, I guess. Um, and so it's just quite amazing to see, um, how things have evolved, especially since I remember, um, writing in a journal, I have journal entries, I still have these journals praying for Andreas and, you know, oh God, you know, I know he calls to be a pastor. You just, you know, do work in him and, and make him the person he needs to be and help him to be better at preaching and <laughs> 
all that stuff. So yeah, we met at Andrews and it's been a great journey since. Wonderful. All right. So I'm going to just ask you a couple short questions, fun questions to get to know you a little better. Um, the first one is, would you rather live in the country or in the city? I'd rather live in the city. And there's only one city for me though. Okay, two, two. Seattle and Vancouver. Okay. BC. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I love both of those beautiful places. Um, would we find you drinking coffee or tea more often? You know, I really love coffee, but I can't have it too often. So um, I do enjoy drinking tea. So you probably see me drinking tea over coffee. Uh, if you have to go out in town to get some work done or go get a, a snack on a Sunday morning, would you go to the patisserie or the bread company? Uh, the patisserie. Hello. Is that even a real question? <laughs> no. <laughs> Obvious answer there. I, I would agree with you, but they're both really good. What is your, what's your favorite food then? Oh man, you know, I feel like my favorite food changes maybe bi-weekly, but right now my favorite food happens to be this Thai dish that my husband's been making for lunch and it's a red curry with like all the fixings, like all the vegetables and, and noodles. It's delicious. Very nice. That sounds great. I made curry recently too. So what have you been doing to, to stay sane with all of the changes in the world going on oh man staying sane hmm that's a good question chad i feel like i'm i'm on it some of the times and then the other times i'm like Ooh. <laughs> but you know what what i recognize about myself is that um really being outside in the sun sitting out in my backyard um, soaking up some some sun and um, doing the little things like, um, you know, exercising on my elliptical for just 20 minutes a day or wearing some pretty nail polish or, you know, dressing in my favorite, you know, outfit at home really kind of helps me to stay um stay grounded and reminds me that there's still loveliness in this world. So um, those are some things I, that I try and do consistently. And it takes some effort to do that, doesn't it? I feel myself, if I don't put in a little bit of effort, then I'm just like sitting around looking at my phone. Yeah. You know, the truth of the matter is though, um, for, for me, Chad, I don't think I, I, I really feel like I don't have the luxury of sitting around too much and there's a lot of pressure that I feel. I mean, it's it's really, I mean, I've had the pressure before just because, um, you know, I think the work that I do is such careful and important work that I am, you know, I do sense that pressure, but then you combine all of that with the fact that, you know, we're going through um, a global crisis and um, my, my child is here at home as well. And my husband is here and I love, I love them both, but you know, we've never really had to be together 24 seven. I mean, when we're on vacation and that's beautiful, but it's usually like a week, a week and a half, two, maybe three weeks. 
right? But, but this is a totally different situation. Right. So let's jump right into it. How has, how has that affected your, your life as a mother and being at home all the time? Well, I, I feel like um, one of the things that um, I recognized very early on in this process is that uh, it's, it's really important to consider the fact that grief is something that I will experience and other people will experience. And it's not necessarily grief because you've lost someone, which by the way, I have, I mean, I look through my Facebook timeline and I have friends of friends who have lost people. You know, I haven't lost anyone personally just yet, but that's something that, that affects me, of course. But the truth of the matter is, is at this point, um, I am personally mourning the loss of what is normal, normalcy. And I'm confident that, you know, others out there are experiencing that. I mean, to consider the fact that uh, just a couple of days ago, I was like, oh, great, it's May. In May, we usually go see my sister and brother-in-law in Vancouver, BC, um, you know, usually around my daughter's birthday. And it just hit me. I was like, wait, <laughs> I don't think we're going to be able to go. Um, and that can be just, just, you know, heart wrenching, right? Like, you know, the things that were normal before is just, they're just not happening now. And then you couple it with the fact that you have all these competing roles while you're at home, right, Chad? So you're not just you know, we're not here on vacation, right? Like sitting back and like, okay, work is on the back burner. I'll get to it. Like, no. Um, mo I mean, I, I'm pretty confident that there are a lot of other mothers out there that feel the same way where there's this uh, standard of having to be, still be a very good, efficient, productive worker, having to still be a good, you know, efficient, productive, you know, mother, having to still be, you know, and, and, and all that entails. And then you're being asked to play roles that you never had to before. Like um, now you're trying to make sure that your kid is on top of their schoolwork. So you're kind of like the pseudo teacher, right? I mean, we're always teachers as, as parents, but now we're like, what does this math question mean? I mean, what are facts? Nine facts minus, what is this? What, what you know, like I just remember reading this stuff. I'm like, baby, girl, you're only six years old. <laughs> what is this? Um, and, and just the pressure that comes from, you know, wanting to be all those things that you've heard, you've grown up hearing that women ought to be, um, and realizing that while the pan pandemic is going on, well, even before the pandemic was going on, Chad, it's not like I ever did those things perfectly, but now you couple that with like crisis and grief, right? Grief in all, all manners and all ways. And you discover that, oh gosh, like this is a much tougher situation than I even first realized. Right. Um, and I think that's overwhelming. It's not just, oh, I get to go home and now I'll have more time because work is toning down and uh yeah there's it's harder it's harder than we all thought it would be um so do you think that this uh this grieving you were talking about uh, just the grieving of of being absent from normalcy do you think that that 
sneaks up on a lot of people. Oh, people maybe absolutely. maybe don't know even that they're experiencing it. Oh, definitely. I mean, um, I think what I, I've found can be my Achilles heel in certain situations is that I'm pretty intuitive when it comes to myself and those around me. And so from day one, I'm kind of nursing this, like, try and be kind to yourself, Cassandra. And I'd express this level of, hey, babe, you know, to my husband, like, you know, take care and like, hey, are you listening to yourself? And he's like, what are you like, I don't know what you're talking about. But, you know, the truth is, it's what, what, what happens is, you know, we begin to get flustered. We can't sleep. You know, we're, we're saying the wrong things to our children. We're getting frustrated with things that normally wouldn't really frustrate you. And then weeks into it, you're like, wait, I am grieving. Oh, wow. And, you know, that is something that I'm, I, I know a lot of people, um, you know, would not pick up until pick up on until much later, especially those of us who are privileged, such as myself, who don't necessarily have some great loss right now. Right. You know, so so things that I might be grieving is the fact that I can't go see my stylist. Right. You know, like, man, I, that makes me feel bad. But I'm realizing that it's OK to feel bad about that, to feel, you know, a, some way about that. And I think the other thing, too, Chad, that that that's coupled with my grieving is what, you know, I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard of Brene Brown, but I really yeah. appreciate her, her content. And she talks about something called mother shame. Uh, she has a whole book on like, you know, mother and, you know, mothering and shame and all that stuff. And, you know, how, you know, women in general, mothers in general will tend to fall into this place where, you know, they believe that they're, they're flawed, right? They're inherently flawed. They're unworthy of acceptance. The longing is not made for them all because they can't, you know, rise to the um, calling that society themselves and their own mothers, other moms, other individuals have put on them. And I think that gets really overwhelming. So Chad, so not only you know, is that I can say that most people can be dealing with, are going to be dealing with a certain level of grief. But I think as mothers, um, you know, and I have friends who are doing the thing, Chad, like, you know, they're in school, they are, you know, full time at their jobs, you know, and their bosses. And I'm like, I don't know how they're doing it. Because, well, I know how they're doing it. They're doing it like me, they're doing one step at a time, right? Because, you know, there's that part of you that's like, I can't be all of this for my kid. I know she wants to sit on my lap right now while I'm on a Zoom call, but I can't. <laughs> I know she needs help with my homework and she's asking me tw 10 times in an hour, can I play with you, mom? Do you have time now? And I'm like, baby girl, I still have work to do, right? And it's just, I, I think just an entirely overwhelming thing that for many of us, are, we're going to take weeks before we even recognize that we are feeling all of those feelings. It's great to hear that perspective. Um, so what, what encouragement, uh, we've, we've talked about grieving, what do you have to say to encourage people, Walla Walla students, uh, faculty, I know that it must be hard for professors to be 
out somewhere in their in their homes and trying to manage a whole bunch of students and make sure that they're learning effectively what what could you have to say for all of us who are in some way grieving you know i i want to encourage people to connect um with each other chad i feel like one of the things that we've lost as a society um you know over the years um, because of industrialization is the loss of the extended family. And so a lot of us are in fragile places, right? Where fragile, you know, we're in nuclear families where we don't necessarily have, you know, our grandmothers here, our mothers here, our fathers, our uncles here to kind of help help us in such a strained time. And so even though we don't have them physically with us, I feel like at this time, it just makes so much sense to um, lean into your tribe. Um, just make sure that you are putting yourself out there, FaceTiming as much as possible, connecting with the people who you know um, love you and who can do a little bit of digital babysitting for you, wink, wink. I'm putting ideas out there, <laughs> um, you know, who can, you know, really help you um, to, to stay, to, to connect with the, the things and the people that, that you love. I would say right now, Chad, more than ever, staying connected is everything. I think it's everything. And not being, uh, not being socially distant. We're not socially distant from each other. We're, we're just, you know, we're not in the same place, but we're not socially distant. Amen. Yep. You work for the, uh, or you work with diversity and inclusion. Um, how are minority groups being affected during the pandemic? Oh man, Chad, you're asking such a thoughtful question. You know, um, I, I do believe that, you know, as Adventists in general, we are a very privileged group of people, right? So um, many Adventists who, you know, come from, you know, marginalized identities um, are still doing relatively well. But the truth of the matter is, unfortunately, in this country, um, Chad, you know, there is a correlation between um, marginalized status, you know, meaning, you know, if you're black or a person of color, there's a correlation between that and, and um, social class, right, being, being poor. And um, though that really puts such individuals in positions where there may not be such easy access to, um, you know, to, to opportunities like being able to actually socially dis socially distance right. at this time. You know, if you're having to take a bus or train to into work, um, it and 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 which is shared by hundreds of other people every single day, it is so hard to say that, you know, to ensure that you don't get that exposure, right? Um, and then, you know, if we're dealing with people who are um, students, you know, you may not have a home where you can have your own space and be able to study. Um, you might have a situation where when your parents are away at work, you have to be the mom and, and the dad. Um, and I think that could be really hard. I mean, right now, the university um, is doing 
what they can in terms of providing resources, meaning if you need computers, if you, you know, need some extra help with, you know, tutoring, or if you need um, some accommodations, we're here for, for that. And also more than anything, I want to say, Chad, that we're here to talk because some of these concerns, some of these things, they're not the kind of thing you want to put out there. Like, oh yeah, you know, I live in an apartment and we, you know, between five of my siblings and my mom and dad, or just my dad or something, we share two rooms, right? Like, you know, that's not the kind of, and, and it's uncomfortable. It's not really something you really want to talk about. And and I completely understand that. Um, but we're here to talk and we're here to be of support because at this time, I think what we really need to be leaning into, and I've said it already, is each other, really. This, this is a time. I agree. So if, if students wanted to talk to someone or have a, an issue that uh, you could help with, where, where would they go to contact you or your office? Oh, thanks for asking, Chad. Well, um, you can definitely reach out to me uh, via email, and my email address is ca. S S A N D R E dot B E C C A I at wallawall.edu. And um, we also have an entire office, uh, diversity of in diversity and inclusion office, headed by Dr. Pedrito Maynard Reed. And he, he is also available. Um, I'm sure, Chad, you'll be able to share some of those details there. And um, we have uh, Beverly um, Archer and Bev and um, Adela, um, Adela uh, on that team as well. And, you know, we're here to connect you. If, if it's a situation where you need, you know, other help, we're also here to, to guide you to other people who would be able to meet those needs. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for, for your perspective on this. I was just, I was encouraged and really impressed by what you were saying before in our meeting. And so thank you for helping us realize that times are changing and it's okay if we are upset by that. But the important thing is that we all stick together. We rely on each other, uh, rely on our faith and uh, we will, we'll make it through. Amen. Thank you so also, much. Also, thank you for thank you for um, talking about minority groups and um, your experience as a mother. I want to bring to light these kind of issues in the podcast so that people are are aware. I know that a lot of our Walla Walla University uh, demographic is there's a large you know white middle class demographic here and. Um, I want us to all realize that there is true suffering going around the world in a lot of places. So we need to be considerate and do our part to help. Thank you, Chad. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been great talking to you, Cassandra and everybody. Thank you for listening. Please uh, follow us if you haven't already and um, reach out to the CHE. By emailing us, you can also reach myself, chad.nelson at wallawalla.edu. I'm always looking for suggestions and for people to be on the show. I want to, as I keep saying, I want to make it interesting. I want to make it to the point and I want to provide uh, encouragement and a sense of community for our Walla Walla family. So um, 
that's what we're trying to do at the Center for Humanitarian Engagement. And we will see you next time pretty soon. Uh, we're going to have Lucas Marcondes, the ASWU president, on here as well. And eventually we also, rumor has it that John McVeigh will be making an appearance as well. So stay tuned and thank you so much for your time. Thank you for listening to the Global Campus Podcast. We hope that you feel connected to our campus family through listening to shared experiences. Please share with friends and family. Your feedback is appreciated. Most importantly, let's encourage each other to look for ways to relieve the pain of this hurting world. Until next time.